Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Well, this is a treat. It's the second hour. I'm Kyle, that's James, we're hanging out till noon, and we'll give way to D'Lo and KC, but it's not just Kyle and James, because uh, our, our I, I hate calling you our boss, you are technically, but, but I hate calling yeah. you that, because it feels disrespectful, like I'm not like, oh, the boss is here. <laughs> no, our, our, our homie Charlie is in the building, and he heard me say that because it's leap day, exactly. your takes don't count today. Exactly. You can fire off whatever you want to say. Okay. I'm trying to trade De'Aaron Fox. I heard that. I won't be tomorrow. I was going to say, if you do, you won't be here tomorrow. <laughs> it's contractually obligated. Uh, what do you, What do you got for your your leap day take that doesn't count? Here is my take. Oh God, I, can't I want to replace Rob Manford as the commissioner of baseball with Billy Bean. Oh my God, this is great. Go on, because Billy Bean, I really don't think Billy Bean likes baseball. I've never thought that he liked baseball. I think he just likes running things, and I think he likes to win. Okay. And he runs things by stats. He runs things by numbers. Mm. And baseball right now needs somebody to understand things. Now, let me explain to Oakland A's fans that having Billy Bean be the commissioner of baseball does not necessarily mean that the A's would stay in Oakland. Sure. Because he would take a very, very hard look and all the numbers and everything that was mm-hmm. involved, and he would make a very dispassionate look at whether or not they should stay there. Okay. But baseball needs somebody to take a look at that game from a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why Moneyball worked was because Billy dared to look at the game from a right. different perspective. Zoomed out. And and right now, baseball is, is like a bad game of incest and all they do is they just keep 
I'm a hillbilly, so you know. I've, I've been to, I'm like, where is he going here? I, I've been to so many weddings An where, it's, where it starts off with, "Do you cousin take your cousin?" It, it's you know, it, it just it Jesus. just you know. I mean, wow. really, I mean, you know, when you grow up in West Virginia and Tennessee and Kentucky, it's just happens. SEC, SEC. So, but really, seriously, you need a different viewpoint, and and they just keep hiring people that are within and they keep having the same view. The only time they didn't have that mm-hmm. is, and, and you guys won't remember this, but when they had Peter Uberoth and they hired Peter after he successfully ran the Olympic games in Los Angeles back in the eighties and they mm, brought him right. in. He was there for four years. They were having a lot of success and they hated it because he was changing the game. He was changing the way it was marketed. He mm-hmm. was changing the, the, the way it was being it was it being directed. And the owners hated it because they didn't know what was happening because somebody else was in charge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what Billy would do. I think he would change the whole perspective, flip it on its head, and it's exactly what's needed. Billy Bean, Commissioner of Baseball. I love it. That's a fantastic. There it is. Fantastic take from Charlie. Honestly, I wouldn't. Oh, sorry. James turned on the <laughs> Nope, that's you. There we go. Uh, I'm learning mics. Honestly, I would pocket that take any day of the week. Okay. Any day of the year, I'm in. I've never heard the term game of incest, but that's yeah, okay. That's a, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> Charlie. I don't, have, I don't have the same buttons Damien does to throw a flag. Flag. We don't have the flags either. No, we don't. Um, I felt like I needed of, to stand up and yell. Speaking of Charlie... Uh, tonight at 6.30 p.m., the same Denver Nuggets that the Sacramento Kings faced last night are playing right here on ESPN 1320 against the Miami Heat, who the Sacramento Kings played three nights ago. Ooh. Two nights ago? Three nights ago. Tuesday. Monday? Monday? Sunday, Monday. What day is it? Today is Thursday. Thursday. They played Monday and Wednesday. They played three nights ago. Okay. We have, like, all week long, we have been Boy, messed up with the days. You and I have not been able to figure it out. No. Yeah. I, all day yesterday, I thought it was Tuesday. Which is nice. Yes. Jesse said to me the same, Jesse and I are on the same mental calendar because he was like, man, it feels like a Thursday. Mm. And there's nothing worse than a day of the week feeling later than it is in the week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if anyone else will come in matching us today. I just, it's a, it's a vibe. I don't think Damien is probably going to be matching us. No. Probably not. Yeah, no, no. In fact, you know what? I don't think anybody... There's too much style on that show. Yeah. On D-Lo and Casey. Yeah. Find out true. on the handoff coming up in about 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> Miami at Denver, 6.30 tonight on ESPN 1320. We are your home for NBA basketball, the play-ins, playoffs, and the finals. And coming up this weekend, Saturday, it's time to get locked into college basketball. It is almost March. Mm. Got to get those brackets ready, and we're going to help you get prepared with number five, Marquette, at number 12. Creighton, that's at 11-15 on Saturday, and then more NBA basketball, a potentially big game for the Kings. More Nuggets, the home of the Nuggets, I guess. Uh, (laughs) More Nuggets, they are at the Lakers on Saturday, and the Kings trying to gain some separation now because now all of a sudden you have to look at the 9-10 seeds. Like Now now you kind of have to not focus on them. You're still focused on what's ahead because... They're they're still a half game behind Dallas for the seven and a game back of Phoenix and New Orleans for for five and six. Like those are still very much there. But with the Lakers win last night, which was nuts, the Lakers are now only two back of Sacramento. Oh boy. And that's whew. that's not great. 
we are dangerously close to a Kings Warriors playing game. Kyle, don't don't put that it's out. It's leap in the day. World. It's leap day. I can say don't put I that out in the world, I'm Kyle. Not, look, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. Look, the Lakers had no business winning that game last night against the Clippers. LeBron James goes 19 points in the fourth quarter, drags the Lakers back into that game. It's wild. They get a big three from Rui Hachimura. They get a big three from D'Angelo Russell. They knock off the Clippers, which, I mean, I guess theoretically helps Sacramento, especially if Sacramento won last night. Mm-hmm. But it keeps the Clippers within within reach, four and a half games back. Sacramento is of L.A. in the number four seed. But just keeps the Lakers hanging around. Only two back. Okay, so there is a little bit Scary. of good news. After uh, last night's game... The Sacramento Kings now have the, according to Tankathon, the ninth most difficult schedule at a five eleven strength of schedule. Why is that good news? Uh, because they were third, toughest oh, schedule. Okay, so it's getting like, easier, trending yeah, the right way. Yeah, if you take out a couple, the last three games has has impacted this greatly. Uh, the Lakers have the seventh toughest schedule. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns have the first toughest schedule. Okay, um, and then. Teams around the Kings, uh, it's it's not great. Like the Golden State Warriors, twenty fourth strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, they're twentieth. Dallas is eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a big one. New Orleans is fourteenth. So uh, you're, but you're much closer to these groups. Even the Clippers, uh, the Clippers have the same exact difficulty left. They're five eleven win percentage against. Um, the the good news for for the Kings mm-hmm. with with that as we talk about the standings and trying to catch teams and gain separation you talk about their strength of schedule and how tough it is well they have two left against the Lakers like that is a spot where you can get wins and gain that separation that we just talked about yep you have two left against Dallas you've got one against the Clippers you've got one against Oklahoma City one against New Orleans and one against Phoenix those are like the toughest bits of the schedule um, Milwaukee is in there as well, but they're in the East, so we're going to wipe them out for a second. Those are the toughest games left on the schedule, and they have one at Boston. Okay. But, I would say, like, look, the Kings, their strength of schedule, like the the six toughest games or seventh toughest games they have left, they've got one more against the Celtics, one more against the Timberwolves, one more against OKC, one more against the Clippers, one more against the Bucks, and two more against the Knicks. They haven't played the Knicks yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So those are the most difficult games that you have. But the fact that most of those are once is big. So you only play the Celtics once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game on Friday against Minnesota is the last game and will decide mm-hmm. sort of the uh, what the season schedule. And, and the reason I bring this up is because the Clippers have two against Minnesota. They've got two against the Bucks, two against the Suns, two against the Jeez. Pelicans. They've got one still against Denver. They've got one against Cleveland. And that's where you kind of like start circling... Strength of schedule can mean a couple of things, but like the the tough teams that you play, mm-hmm. like the Kings are okay with teams around them, the outside of the Pelicans that they can't beat. Yeah, it's and they're okay with most of the high end teams except for the Eastern Conference teams. They only have really one more of those games against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there isn't a lot of those crazy, crazy difficult games that uh, you circle and say, "Oh, that's that's going to be a problem." You know, again, you look at Dallas. Dallas has uh, still a game against the Celtics, two against OKC, one against Denver, one against Philly, 
two against the Heat, and of course two against the Kings left. Um, I think it's interesting that the Kings are part of the strength of schedule for Dallas, and Dallas is not part of the strength of schedule <laughs> for the Kings. So a couple things to this. One, among the tough games left for Sacramento, the point I was I was making is there are teams in the West that are going to allow them to gain ground if they win those games. You got to win anyways. Yeah. You got to start stacking wins anyways, and you'll get opportunities to gain full games on these teams where you can help yourself. And that's that's a big deal. And then you mentioned the Knicks. The Knicks are are listed as tough games because they're 35 and 24, and they've been really good for the most part. But they are super banged up, and they've lost six of eight. So that that's one of those the strength of schedule metric doesn't match up with how the team is playing mm-hmm. at the moment. So um, no, no, it's it, it's good. In an okay, spot. The Kings still have one against Washington, one against the Spurs, one against uh, the Blazers, one against Memphis, mm-hmm. one against the Raptors, one against the Nets. That's a good thing. Yeah, he's still got six games against teams that. Like realistically, are, are winnable games. Yeah. Do you get the Blazers in there too? Yeah, they're in there. Got the got the Blazers on April fourteenth, season finale. Um. Oh, we have to break. Oh. Oh, it's time to break. Okay. Great. We're gonna do that. Let's do that. Uh, interesting stuff coming out of the Kings locker room last night. We'll talk about it next on ESPN thirteen twenty. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Some interesting post-game quotes from the Sacramento Kings locker room last night. Mm -hmm. I say interesting because I genuinely don't know what to make. I know it's leap day, so I should just... Go all in. Yeah, but I'm not... I don't don't want to do that mostly because I don't want to misrepresent what people are saying. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, Chris Biederman doing a great job covering the Sacramento Kings for the Sacramento Bee. Sure, it's nice that you can say his name. It is. Yeah, I don't have to make up, make up Voldemort fictional names. names for him. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Biederman, my dear friend and podcast co-host, who was in my wedding, uh, <laughs> uh, reported this last night to me. Didn't report it last night to me. Wrote this last night in the Sacramento Bee. Uh, had a couple of quotes. There's one from Demonis Sabonis, and I just what I, I'm I'm going to read this off. And I want to know what you make of it, James. Demonis Sabonis, quote, I feel like we could have done better with our game plan and stuff against their main guys. And then when asked to elaborate, he said, quote, coverages, stuff out there that we switched up or whatever. What do you take from that? That the team didn't follow the game plan? You think it's the team didn't follow it? Yeah, I'm not, I don't believe he's calling out the coaching staff there. Like, knowing Domas... He's saying, like, we could have done more with with the game plan that we were given, and we didn't follow through on the game plan. We should have done more against the players that, that got hot. That, that's at least the way I read that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it could be controversial, but I, I don't think so. No, that's how I read the first part, but then when he says coverages and stuff out there that we switched up or whatever, that's what I... I'm, I, know, I, I don't... Because I don't believe that Demonis Sabonis, even if even if he was the unhappiest player in the NBA and thought that Mike Brown was a joke, I don't think he would publicly say that. No, no, no. What I, I, I specifically, like, coverage and stuff, he was saying, like, we didn't do a good job with the coverages that they put, that they gave us. Sure. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. 
Like, he's a straight shooter, but he's certainly not someone who's ever going to go full controversy. So, like, I mean, I was in the locker room with Costa Kufis for four years who just spoke in cliches <laughs> and, and was, like, hilarious. Yeah. And it got so bad at certain points that I would start yeah. laughing, and then he would start laughing while he's saying, you know, we're just yeah. going to go out there, we're going to give it our best, you yeah, know, yeah, we're yeah. going to give 110%, we're going to leave it all out there, and, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll let the chips fall where they may, and, you know, you win some, you lose some. You're like, wow, you just turned together just like trying to help the ball like club. <laughs> Forty three different like wow. Yeah. Complicated. Yeah. I yeah, I don't I mean, we know defensively what the Kings are and what they're not. And whatever they did last night didn't work particularly well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um the more interesting one to me was Kevin Herter. Yeah. Kevin Herter said, quote, I wish I was out there to help us more. And I get that he probably wants to, to, I mean, every player wants to play, especially when you're a starting NBA player. Mm-hmm. Played 18 minutes. He yep. goes 2 of 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. He turned it over three times. He had two assists and a rebound. He just didn't play well. And he got cooked defensively. It was just not a, a good game for Kevin Herter. And... I'm a little bit surprised that he would say something like that in in that frame because perhaps he means like, wish I had played better so I could have been out there. But to just be like, I wish I could have been out there more. Yeah. Lacks self-awareness to me. Okay. Um, Again, I, I, you know, again, I wasn't standing there listening to Kevin and I haven't seen like video of it. Um, And I don't think there is video of it. So I would, I would doubt it. I'm going to guess. Okay, so I'm trying to look up. When did Herter go back in? Um, did he start the, the second quarter? Um, let's see. Played six minutes in the second quarter. He played six minutes, but he came out. He uh, Herter for, for Keegan Murray at the 8.59 mark. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, the Kings were up 10 at 42 to 32. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, like there's a good portion of the second quarter where he plays um, while the Kings are getting bombed, mm-hmm. and so he subs out at the three fifteen mark. They're down four at that point, so there's a fourteen point swing. Oof. Kevin Herter ran a negative fifteen in the second quarter, and I'm not saying that that's on Kevin Herter. Uh, I, that's just something that happened. I mean, it could be on Kevin Herter, but, but if you're I, I, but if you're the coaching staff. And you're figuring out if Kevin Herter is going to play down the stretch. Yeah. And you see a minus 15 in six minutes and nine seconds. Yeah. Don't love the matchup. No, it, it's not great. And and you start the third quarter, the uh, the first possession, Harrison Barnes breaks a 24-footer. The second possession, Kevin Herter turns the ball over. Like Then he, then the third possession, we got a Demonis Sabonis missed jumper followed by a steal by... Uh, Davion Mitchell followed by two missed free throws by Kevin Herter. <laughs> so, like, again, uh, they call a timeout. They come out of it. Uh, Harrison Barnes cutting dunk, right? We remember the dunk, which was mm-hmm. spectacular. The next play, Kevin Herter foul. So, like, look, I'm not saying that Kevin Herter did anything, but at, by the time Kevin Herter came off the court, it was 75-57. to 57. Him... Uh, Davion Harrison Barnes all came out at the same moment 
in the third quarter with 8.15 remaining, and the Kings were down 15. Like, they Mm -hmm. were getting pummeled at that point. Mm -hmm. And Mike Brown went to a different group, and by the time that group did anything, the game was over. Yeah. I mean, they were down 32 points with a minute 14 left in the quarter. Yeah. So that's next seven minutes. Like, that's why you didn't play. You didn't play because... They're not going to keep throwing you out there when the game's over. Right. And he says, I wish I could have been out there to help us more. It's like, they tried. Yeah. They tried to put you, and the game fell apart while you were in. Yeah. And again, it's not that that's, oh, everybody was playing great, and Kevin Herter messed up. No, no. But there was something with what the Nuggets were doing that Kevin Herter being on the court didn't help the Kings. When you were in a minus 20 in 18 minutes, it's really hard for me to stomach hearing... Uh, oh, yeah, I wish I'd been out there more. Yeah. If he'd been out there more, they might have lost by 40. Yeah, I think he probably meant, I wish I could have helped more. I could, I wish that's I would I wish a, I would have done yeah. more. I wish I could have helped yeah. more. And it comes across as like, I wish I would have been out there more. Well, he did, and, and Chris wrote this in the B, he got asked to elaborate, like, hey, what do you, what do you mean? And he declined to elaborate. Oh, all right. I, come, <laughs> yeah. I don't, no, I don't it's know. an interesting dynamic to... Um, like kind of has been all year. Well... I, I Kevin has been like a pretty straight shooter too. Like when when given an opportunity to have discussions, he's been up mm-hmm. and down, mm-hmm. right? And you know, for the most part, the last couple of weeks, he's been on a on a pretty good upswing. I would just say that there is a comfort level with certain people and certain players, and like I I, I think that it, it's more complicated mm-hmm. than than I I want to go into. And you sure. and I have had some of these discussions off the air about certain things that happen with media who's in the locker room, who's not. Yeah. But that's a problem because, you know, when someone's asking you questions and you don't know them, mm-hmm. sometimes you're not all that forthcoming. I guess. No, I, it's I mean. It's not like Chris is new. No, no, no. But He was around a lot last year. Yeah. He's been well, on road trips this year. He was. He was around a lot early on. I'll I'll just say I like there there is a, a familiarity like because sure. even there was a, a point early in the season when Sean went and talked to so hang on Kevin Herter go ahead sorry go ahead keep going yeah he talked to Kevin when uh when Kevin had been benched and was sensitive to the fact that Kevin had just been benched and like had a conversation and and you know I thought it was a a good moment where you know I got to be better and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I this is one of those games where I think everyone needs to just crumple it up and throw it away. Uh, it happens, and that's to me, it's not an acceptable loss, but it's one that you put in that you got beat by a really, really good team that got hot and ran you ran you over while your best player was on the bench with an injury. Yeah, I just I, I don't I, I'm having a hard time grasping how I wish I was out there to help us more, and then saying like, can you elaborate on that? And he goes, no. Yeah, I, that's, and I'm I'm. No, it's again, very I wasn't possible. saying I like, hear, look, I want to play more. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. I just have a hard time thinking that has to do with familiarity. Saying like, hey, here's an opportunity to not make it look like you're bitching about your minutes. Yeah, because there's an easy cliche answer there. Be like, you know, I didn't play well enough tonight. I wish I had played better. Mm-hmm. Not, I wish I was out there to help us more. No, totally. And this goes back. The only reason this even stood out. If this had been Trey Lyles, I don't think it would have been like, okay, whatever. But this goes back to the preseason. Yeah. And everything that's kind of gone on with with Kevin Herter this year, 
his spot in the rotation, his spot in the starting lineup. Yeah, but I mean, Kevin Herter played major minutes this weekend, mm-hmm. and we didn't hear anything about you know, yeah, like anything negative. I know. So I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Very much so. All right, I want to get to some 49ers trade stuff. We already scoreboard watched. We did. That was supposed to be next. Oh, no, that was supposed to be this thing. Oh my god. Yeah, what are we doing? I'm all over the place. We haven't even done our Jiffy Loop player of the day. We got a Jiffy Loop fastback player of the game to get to. I've written that down. Um, and we've mm. got uh, some Niners trade stuff, and I got a couple more Kings notes. There we that go. We'll get to next on ESPN thirteen twenty. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Final segment, the handoff with, I believe it's D-Lo today. Yeah, because Casey was yesterday, so it'll be D-Lo today. It's coming up in about 15 minutes, and then we'll hand it off to them from noon to 4. We are talking at the break about the Kings, and I want to get back to that. Before we get to this Niners trade thing, because it's a leap day, so none of our takes count, and I want to throw something out there. And I don't know exactly where I land on it, but I'm going to throw it out. We can talk through it. But before I do that, our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. So, Jiffy Lube, our uh, lovely sponsor. If you're watching on the stream, it's behind mm-hmm. me, behind James. That's right. Up there in the corner. We love Jiffy Lube. Uh, they hooked us up with 82 $100 Jiffy Lube gift, card, gift certificates. Mm-hmm. They said, give away one of these after every Kings game. We're like, we got you. And then they said, you know what? That's not enough. Here's Kings jerseys to give away each month. This is your final opportunity to qualify for the jersey we will be giving away in February. I believe we will be giving that away tomorrow. I have to check that to be certain, but I believe we're giving it away tomorrow. If not, it'll be Monday. Okay. This is your last chance to enter. So go to ESPN1320.com. Go to the Jiffy Lube Fast Break contest page. It's right there at the front. You can't miss it. And you're going to enter keyword 
Malone. M-A-L-O-N-E for Michael Malone, the Denver Nuggets head coach who finally beat the Sacramento Kings this season, moved to one and three against the team that unceremoniously ousted him eight eight years, years ago. ago? <laughs> it's a long time ago. It's a long, long time. Feels like two years ago was actually closer to a decade. Uh, so Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E is your Jiffy Lube fast break code word and uh, Mike Malone is your player of the game. Good mm. for him. Okay. He was fired up last night, man. He wanted to win that game so bad. No? Nothing? Yeah. He's absolutely like fired up. He hates he hates, he, he not hates ownership. He doesn't hate the Kings. I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned it yesterday. He, he doesn't hate the Kings. He, he d- dislikes ownership. He dislikes what happened to him. He felt like he was treated unfairly, um, like the entire situation was bad. I also feel like like being really close to the whole situation, having like plenty of conversations, I feel like he was led astray a little bit about like how all of it worked out. Like it wasn't only Vivek that mm-hmm. caused the the issue there, which is something that he's always believed that it was like very much so ownership made a decision. But there were other people pushing and pushing and pushing mm. ownership to make some of these decisions, and it wasn't a good situation. Hmm. So interesting. I mean, like I, he willfully, like, put on the record he hadn't spoken to Pete D'Alessandro for like six weeks before he was let go. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, like you can't do that. You had to talk to the GM, man. Well, no, but uh, like it, they had like all these little games that they're playing back and forth at each other, and like. It was unfortunate. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's a great coach and uh, a great guy to cover. Like, really, mm-hmm. really cool dude to cover. Um, really bright, really funny. Uh, if he wasn't going to be a uh, a coach, he would have been a history teacher. That's hmm. what he'll tell you all the time. But, of course, his dad was Brendan Malone, the outstanding, incredible uh, defensive coordinator on Jack, Chuck Daly's staff mm-hmm. with some of the great Piston teams. And uh, who passed, he, he passed away right before the season. Yeah. Uh, well... No, I think he passed away before the championship. So, yeah. is that right? I thought we were doing a show together when he died. Maybe. Oh, I think you're right. I think he. I think you're right. So, yeah, Brandon Malone was actually here with him in his his first season, uh, but he only stuck around for like a couple of weeks, mm. and was like, yeah, yeah, it was October 10th. My bad. That's that's the that's the the thing in King's history. In the during the sixteen year playoff drought, mm-hmm. that's the sliding doors moment that I would love to see the alternate universe on. Yeah, like what do they look like if Mike Malone sticks around? No, it would have been totally different. Yeah, like uh, I know there's draft picks, and I know there's they could have had Damian Lillard, and they could have had CJ McCollum, and they could have had all these all yeah. these players they could have drafted, and all these moves that they made. I get all that, but but Michael Malone is the one that that jumps out to me as the most like. Mm, that was that that would have worked. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, like being there for the whole situation. Michael always gets credit for like being the like the boogie whisperer. Like he was able to right. to rein in DeMarcus Cousins. But even that, he had captured the imagination of the team as a whole. And they were playing extremely well. And then yeah. DeMarcus got uh viral meningitis and sat out ten games. That's right. And he actually, they sat him out a couple of extra games, which he didn't know at the time why they were doing that to make sure he was 100% healthy. 
but it was to make sure they had a losing record. And uh, yeah, it was. And then Michael Malone was let go right afterwards. Good lord. Yeah, that whole entire situation. I mean, like, look, that's young ownership. It's uh, you know, that's Vivek's first hire. Uh, and just the the fallout from that though was was dramatic and crazy, and it actually hurt the Kings for a while because mm-hmm. um, the coaching world really sided with Michael Malone on that, and were very stunned by what happened. Yeah, and um, you know Rick Carlisle has been like the head of the coaches union whatever for a long time, uh, made statements at the time too about like mistreating mm-hmm. coaches and and all that stuff. It was it was a weird situation. So. Dang. Now he's gone on to have a ton of success in Denver. So uh, congrats on congrats to him. Yeah. He's our Jiffy Lube Fastwork player of the game. Yeah. Coach of the game. Isn't I, I, Person I, of the game. I thought it was a, the right guy, though, because uh, this is a team that had the Kings had beat him three times and that nothing was worse in Michael Malone's world than losing to the Kings yeah, three no, times at all. So no. yeah. And there just wasn't a king. Like, Chris Duarte was good last night. He yeah. played hard for 48 minutes. That was good. Yeah. And then to to have an opposing player be the player of the game, they either need to have a monster game or be some rando like Dwap Reith from, oh, yeah. from the Blazers. Some rando who goes and has, what, he had 24? Like 24 and 9 or something like that against the Kings. He had oh, a really, yeah. really big game. Totally Kind of out of nowhere. So uh, didn't want to give it to Jamal Murray. And, and somebody brought this up in the in the chat earlier. That's our bad. That's our bad on Jamal Murray. Uh, yeah. We are here yesterday. We we're, like, we're like, yeah, really good playoff player, but just kind of in the regular season. He's just kind of a regular guy, not an all-star, da 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 And then it was for 32, 3 and 6, 13 of 15 from the field and 5 of 6 from beyond the arc. Man, that and one he had was ridiculous. That's one of the most ridiculous shots I've seen live ever. Where he's got his back to the basket and yeah. he gets landed on, and as he's going down, he spins it off the glass and in. Yeah, even a like shot. watching that stretch <laughs> there, I thought Davion Mitchell like defended him about as well as you can possibly defend him on multiple yeah. possessions, yeah. and it did not matter. It didn't matter. 13 to 15. Yeah, it, it didn't matter at all. So, yeah, he, he probably could have been our, but I didn't want confusion over the Murrays. <laughs> like just, Keegan. Just, just Murray. Say, Murray. Just Murray's combined for 53 points last night. There it is. Eight. <laughs> One Murray or the other. Um, a couple of 49ers things before we talk Kings with, with Damien when he gets in here. So there's one player who came up a, a while ago and then another player who came up yesterday. Um, the Chiefs have said that they want to reach a long-term deal with cornerback Legereus Sneed, first-team All-Pro this year, really good year. Uh, if they don't, they are open to tagging and then trading him. That's what they did with D Ford with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Tyler, I, the reason I bring this up is because Tyler in our in our YouTube chat asked, and I think it's worth I think it's worth talking about. I'm out. The 49ers don't need another uh, Sneed is going to get like top of market cornerback money. Yeah. And I don't think that's where A that's not the if the 49ers are going to do that this year and do the maneuvers to create the space to fit in another high-priced player. To me, they need to either do it on the offensive line or on the defensive line. I don't even, like, if the defensive line is tough because, I mean, you've spent so much money already. The yeah. offensive line is to where, I mean, I they really should 
not only should they like do their best to to add to the interior line, mm-hmm. but they also need to spend some really high draft picks on potential replacements long term for for Trent Williams and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I, you know, if if I'm the Niners and there's a way for you to trade up into the top fifteen, mm-hmm. which I don't know that there is, but you're going to be trading up with the idea that you're not drafting a quarterback or a wide receiver, mm-hmm. which that's what this draft is about but you could probably get a really good offensive yeah. lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I would consider Yeah, just because you need to have a plan in place. Yeah, man, you can't go through another year where you and I sit here on September 3rd or whatever it is going like, this is the offensive line again. This is what they're doing. Yeah. Because every big game. And again, they, they even in the Super Bowl, they had a couple of protection breakdowns and uh, they, they, on two huge third downs, their their quarterback is pressured and, and couldn't make the throw he needed to make to help them win that game. So I would be stunned if they don't invest more heavily this year in the offensive line than they have in any year recently. Yeah. Stunned. Not yeah. only for not only for twenty twenty four, but for what you just said, Trent Williams is thirty six. Yeah. Can't play forever. No. Here's the other one. Okay. This came down yesterday. The New York Jets giving Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. I'm not saying yes. I'm just saying hear me out. It's leap day. It doesn't count. No, Kyle. Even <laughs> on leap day. Even on leap day. That's a bad take for even for leap day. Um, no, here's... So I, so I, was, I, I, I wanted to, to write in on, on NinersWire.com. I wanted to write about Zach Wilson because I think it's I think it's an interesting kind of case because they go and they pick up Sam Darnold to be Brock Purdy's backup last year mm-hmm. and potentially compete for the starting job because of the injury, this and that. But this year, you know, whatever quarterback they get is going to be a backup. And the initial thought is like, dude, that's a former number two pick. You trade a sixth to the Jets and you get him in a seventh back and you pay him 5.4 for this year. It's the last year of his rookie deal. You're paying him 5.4. Your your quarterback room is is cheap anyways. You can still bring in a Nate Sudfeld type of quarterback to round out your quarterback room for cheap. And if Sudfeld is QB two and Zach Wilson just is absolute ass and can't even complete passes in the most quarterback friendly offense in the league, well then he's QB three. He's inactive on game days. I and, just and best case, oh hey, he gets into this offense. And he looks like the player that it, that the Jets thought they were getting number two overall. And the change of scenery and the change of offense, they find a way for Zach Wilson to be successful. And now they have a capable backup, and they get a comp pick for him uh, next year when he when he signs. That's it. That's the case for. Okay. But as you probably heard, that's very flimsy. It's like, yeah, he's kind of inexpensive. Yeah. And he's kind of got some upside. The problem is, is he doesn't. He stinks. Mm. I think we know what Zach Wilson is. I think we fully know who he is. Is he's just not good enough. That's and it. Like if you're, like if you're gonna bring in a quarterback, I'd rather, I'd rather find somebody in the sixth round or the, again the seventh round that you think, hey, maybe it's possible that we can find somebody like Brock Purdy. Maybe mm-hmm. we can find somebody, not only like Brock Purdy, but somebody who plays the same style. Mm-hmm. as Brock Purdy. Like, I think that that's one thing that the 49ers have done in the past where when, if you're going to have a, a quarterback like Colin Kaepernick, right, and there's a very specific style of play, 
Mm. You should really back Kaepernick up with another player that plays that same style. So, right. so you when, have one offense. Yeah. So when the quarterback goes down, mm-hmm. which is why I think Sam Darnold is a is a good fit, mm-hmm. right? And I I would hope that Sam Darnold didn't play well enough in like the three minutes that he played all season that he's going to get some opportunity somewhere else. Like it seems like Darnold would probably be better served staying in San, uh, San Francisco for another mm-hmm. season. So I would also draft or or pick up in as a as a free agent, um, like a rookie to sort of you know build up behind. Yeah, uh, that could be career backup type guy. So that was that was my my that was another thing with with Zach Wilson. Yeah, is okay. I'm already very pro spending a fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever on a quarterback mm-hmm. just to have in the building, either to be a backup or if something goes sideways with Brock Purdy and he's just, oh, hey, it turns out he's actually not as good as they thought. Maybe you have a guy to develop, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. But that, I've, I've made that case. But now you could ostensibly do the same thing but get a guy who was a number two pick. Yeah. I just on the other hand, he's he proven that he's not stinks. good. Oh, he's, he's bad. not a good NFL quarterback. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think... You just said he's not a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's a NFL quarterback at all. Like I mm. like I don't think he'll be in the league. Like that's Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be in the league, but I don't think he's ever gonna have I mean, Nathan Peterman was around a long time. <laughs> there are quarterbacks you you're like, that guy's still in the league? How is it possible he's still in the league? Well, some yeah. people feel that way about Sam Darnold. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, but some people yeah. do. You're a big believer in quarterbacks. Uh, you don't give up on guys easy. I respect that about you. N- no, it's well no, it's not it's not that entirely. It's that I'm a little more sympathetic to situations like the Jets. Mm, like yeah. I think the mm. Jets suck. I Would, think their entire organization sucks. I think their ownership sucks, their front office sucks and their coaching sucks. Or Past tense, I like Robert Sala and what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, like Sam Darnold, like what, now it is, Sam Darnold had the opportunity to work out of that and all that. It's, I'm not I'm not willing to say, oh, that dude's garbage. Like, I just don't think that's true. He might not be a starting quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. but he's probably a guy who can step in and fill in for you on an emergency basis. If you get to a situation where you need him for seven, eight, nine, ten games, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably in trouble. Yeah, You need him for one, eh. Think you'd probably be fine. Would you trade a sixth round pick to the Jets for Zach Wilson and a seventh if you're the Niners? He costs five point four million. Uh and he's on the last year of his rookie deal. Sure. Yeah, I don't care. Like I I'm not moved by that in either direction. Like, okay. So if, if you're in the market for a backup quarterback and you'd rather do that than draft one, that's fine. Okay. I, I it doesn't it doesn't feel like it fits this situation though. Yeah. Like I feel like you'd want a quarterback maybe a, I feel like Sam Darnold is honestly the perfect backup quarterback for Brock Purdy. Yeah. You want someone who's been in the league a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh Zach and Wilson, had at least a little success, had some flashes. Well, Zach Wilson needs reps. Like he yeah. needs to play football. Like yeah. if you're if you're acquiring Zach Wilson, you want to see him play football. Yeah. I don't I don't you hope he doesn't get that opportunity in San Francisco. Yeah. Okay, so this is exactly like the Sam Darnold thing. He he goes from the Jets but then to Carolina. Like it's okay. I, the Niners shouldn't be the team that makes this this second bad decision on a young quarterback who who tries to get him. It's okay for them to be the third team and say, okay, Sam Darnold was okay. He was bad. He was okay. Now he can be our backup. 
But I don't think you want to be the second team that's like, okay, well, what if we need if we need a quarterback? Yeah, but the Sam, Dar- but the but the Carolina situation was different because he was going there to be the starter. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would rather see if Zach Wilson can go try to be a starter somewhere else and see if he can make it work. Gotcha. And if he doesn't make it work, then okay, maybe I'm okay having it be the backup, or maybe that guy's a complete wash. Sort of the exact path that Darnold has taken to get into got to the 49ers. The Niners are too good to be the team that, that gives a, t- a guy a second chance. Yeah. They can be the third chance team. They can't be the second chance team. This is fun. Kings get their ass kicked by 30 and we talk about the 49ers backup quarterback. I'm, I'm all for this. This is terrific. I don't even think we're talking about the 49ers backup third string quarterback. We're talking about Zach Wilson. Yeah. Well, well there's that too. Yeah. 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 You want it while we're it, here? It, it, while we're here. It, it, while we're here. Anything is better than talking about what happened last night. Yeah. Did you see that wild ass take about the grizzly bear? <laughs> no, might have missed that. Somebody said they would they would they would not be surprised if they found out that Tyreek Hill uh survived a scuffle with the grizzly bear because Tyreek Hill would simply outrun the grizzly bear. Erroneous. Outrageous. Okay, man. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. People say really dumb stuff. Yeah. It's the internet. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's what the internet's great for. It is. Was your takeaway from last night that the Kings weren't good enough or that Denver might just win the finals again? It wasn't that Denver's going to win. It was the, it, that game. I can't say the game went exactly as I expected because I thought it was a little extreme on both ends. Um, I was really happy with how the Kings were playing, obviously, in the first quarter. But there was also a – it was like, hey, Kings Kings are playing well. They're hitting shots. Like, okay. I, I think I saw a yoke. I don't remember who it was. It, it might have been Michael Porter who kind of hit the – after uh, – I think it was Davion Mitchell's three went in. And it was – oh, it's one of those. So I, I pulled up the, the box score. It was like, oh, they're 7 of 10. Then I didn't feel as good because it was like, okay, that's that's not continuing. Right. And, and that, <laughs> They're not setting a record for uh, made three-pointers in, a, in the highest, you know, three-point percentage in league history tonight. <laughs> they're not doing that with De'Aaron Fox and street clothes. So I didn't feel as good about the first quarter after I realized they were 7 of 10 from three. What I had hoped is it's going to balance out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't balance out. Hopefully it's not like something dramatic. And then it was. They yeah. missed like their next 11. Yeah. And the thing that sometimes drives me crazy about Sacramento, and I'll use the Clippers and Kawhi as an example, the Clippers had a Kings versus Miami third quarter in the fourth quarter last night against the, the Lakers. They couldn't score. They couldn't shoot. They couldn't do anything. They fall behind, and on consecutive possessions, Kawhi takes the ball on the offensive end and goes to the basket. Mm-hmm. Still, still, still behind. I think they're behind. You know, four at that point. Mm-hmm. Next possession, get a stop. Next possession, Kawhi Leonard takes the ball, goes to the basket. Shots are not falling for the Clippers anymore. Mm-hmm. So Kawhi's getting to the cup. Yep. The Kings are just like, no, the next one's going to fall. Yes. Yo. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, paint touch spray. Paint touch spray. Well, no, do something else. You've missed four in a row. Now it's five in a row. Now six in a row. Literally do anything. You were just up 15, and now you're down three. Do something else. Yeah. And maybe Denver didn't allow them to and baited them into those paint touches and sprays, and the Kings took them because Mike wants them taking open shots. So Denver was like, they're cold as ice. Leave them open. Yeah, paint touch layup. Try that. 
They were 0 for 10 in the second quarter, and well, of the 10, eight different players missed a three. <sighs> eight. The only guy who didn't take a three of the nine players who played in the second quarter was Alex Lynn. Everyone else took and missed a three. All it's your entire rotation. Someone I was like, I'll try one. Yeah. Nah, I just got one up. Yeah. 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 It's tough. Um, yeah. It, 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 it wasn't pretty. Once they lost the lead, it was like, okay, it's, it's fine. De'Aaron can't dig you out of a deficit. So just linger. Yeah, hang and around. And they didn't. So it was like, well, all right. The game's on, mm-hmm. but I'm going to zone out. Yeah. Because and they just don't, this, is, uh, this is obnoxious. But the bottom line is we talked a little bit about this at one of the breaks. Is they just don't have enough guys. Like they just don't, they just don't have the dudes right now. They don't have enough like, Denver, Denver real also, NBA players. Oh, Denver. It's a leap top, day. No, no takes count today. D- D- Denver is a t- happy birthday, Tyrese. Denver is a top tier team. Six, six year, six yeah, birthday yeah, for Tyrese today. Six years old. Denver, Article Denver's elite. Soon to ESPN1320.com. Talking that's Warriors. That's a lie. No, that's a. It's, oh. it's a joke. <laughs> um, the bit's dead. Dude. They'll stop. Um, <laughs> man, I no, I mean, no, I'm I'm gonna stop short of they don't have enough guys. It's it's De'Aaron's not there. Like you're you're competing against a team who was frustrated that they've lost to you. De'Aaron's De'Aaron, and De'Aaron's not there, and they don't have the guys to to even make up for it a little bit. So. I, I just I don't think that's true. You know, okay, we can revisit this exact conversation Monday. Okay, because I have questions whether De'Aaron's going to be available tomorrow, and I'm getting wrapped up. Kyle's telling me to shut the hell up. Yeah, because know. I got yelled at by you the other day. You did it not was get yelled at. Me. I got berated. <laughs> you did not get yelled at. I have Dragged. never once yelled at you. Made him no, sit in the corner. Okay, we got to go. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 